Okay. Come on, man. Pick up, pick up. Uh, hello? Hey, hey! Okay, good. Good, you're here. Um, okay, so, bad news. Um. Oh, no. Yeah, I, I was taking Fandrin out for a walk last night uh, to get him ready for the session. Did you go out a window again? Yeah. You just straight out the window. Um, Shit. I, yeah. I went looking for him. And I, I can't find him like anywhere. Uh, but the problem is, um, so we got, we got a session coming up and, um, like I know, I know it's important that we find Fandrin and stuff like that, but, um, I might need you to make like a new character. Like, uh, if you could do that in the next, I don't know, 10 minutes ago, that would be stellar. Cool. Solid. All right. Uh, let me, let me get to work on that. Great, 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 great. Uh, call me when you have it ready. Word. All right. Hey. Hey, here's what I pulled off the wall. Okay, great. Um, I'm, uh, hey, hey, everyone listening. Uh, it's still me, Casey. Uh, this week, I'm playing Kira, the Kalarstar monk. Perfect. Let me write that down. I feel like we got to take better care of this. We got to, like, make sure we know where she is at all times like I'll, I, yeah i'll, I'll, I'll chip this one, one of these. do you know how much these things cost i cannot afford to lose another one of these pieces uh all right let's uh let's jump in we only have oh my god a few hours until session so um let's just do it kira welcome to the sea of swords you remember reading about it in your youth but you obviously never got around to seeing it for yourself back then you barely remember a time when you got out of bed to see your own garden back then even now, though, as you're adrift on the large body of water between the mainland and the moonshades, it's, well, it's a bit different than you expected it to be. As you're listening, it's, it's being described as vast but empty, and you knew this wouldn't really be the case, but you did always sort of imagine it teeming with large and imposing aquatic life. You know, here there be monsters, just like it was illustrated on your father's maps. You remember tracing your small fingers over the topographical surface while wondering if this is how the peaks of mountains actually felt. You've climbed far more than your fair share of mountains since those days, though, both literal and metaphorical. Will you tell me about it? Your childhood illness? Kira was, um, from a very, very young age, she was really, really sick. Uh, it was a, a hereditary disease that actually took her mother. She was bedridden, uh, us here in the real meat space uh, <laughs> would call it uh, an autoimmune disease. Um, hmm. So, yeah, she was bedridden all the time. Um, her father took care of her with her mother not around. You know, he was both. He was uh, mom and dad, and he taught her. You know, he was also her teacher because she couldn't, she couldn't leave uh, her chambers. Yeah, yeah, your father was an influential and powerful man, too. I mean, he had money, but more than that, he had knowledge, insight, a tactician's mind, but a caregiver's heart. His theoretical research on the planar system was second to none. He would deny that himself, of course, but you were certain of it. You miss that humility. You often find yourself wishing he'd hung on to that a bit longer, for both your sakes, but what's done is done. And if he hadn't taken that gamble for you, you'd never have recovered and seen the world. When he was taken from you and you were on your own, where did you go? Uh, Kira, yeah, she was, she was able to move. She was able to 
run for the first time in her life uh, because of because of her father. Um, being that you know she was bedridden for ten years, uh, her legs didn't really know what to do. Uh, so it was kind of like a like a baby deer learning how to walk. <laughs> Took a couple days uh, to actually get her momentum up, but once she you know started moving around and got used to it, she started traveling. Um, you know, not traveling because oh, I want to see the world. Uh, traveling out of necessity. Like where um, else are you gonna go? Can't stay here. Yeah, she uh, she stayed away from towns and from cities uh, just because she had never she'd never been somewhere that was you know super populated. She stayed in her in her estate the whole time, um, so she only really saw her father and her father's assistants. And so, being in a heavily populated, a dense place was never like a desire for her. She's uh, pretty introverted. But she was on her own and she was living in the wilderness, you know, fending for herself. She taught herself how to uh, how to live in the wild, how to uh, where and when to get certain types of food and where and when to find somewhere to sleep. So uh, at 10 years old, she was uh, she was Bear Grylls, (laughs) fantasy Bear Grylls. (laughs) I'm having this like the sweet somber moment imagining this small 10 year old girl with nothing left learning how to survive <laughs> in case he undercuts it with a bear grills joke <laughs> <laughs> bear grills when he's not uh living in a in a hotel when he's right, actually right, 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 right. out in the wilderness <laughs> the bear grills we see on screen not the not the off-screen bear grills fantasy fantasy bear grills yeah <laughs> this is a timely reference <laughs> But you're right. Yeah, I mean, you you tried your best not to put down any real roots, or at, at least you tried to keep from being in one place too long to get attached to anyone. It'd be better for them in the long run, you figured. And it worked for a few years until you found them, or they found you. How did you find yourself with the Order? Maybe two, two or three years after she left, um, after she started traversing the wilderness, um, she was up in the mountains and she passed out, whether it was, you know, due to the cold, which she had never experienced or other mitigating circumstances. But yeah, she passed out. And when she came to, there were two, what she learned to be monks standing over her. Uh, one was a fire genasi and another was just a regular human uh, in like yellow robes with a rose on their like where a lapel would be. And they picked her up and brought her back to their monastery and nursed her back to, you know, to health, uh, which is an all too, too common thing for her. Yeah. And yeah, and they took her in and they started training her. She was uh, 13 at the time and they started training her in their ways. Yeah, the monks of the Order of the Yellow Rose helped you find yourself. And, well, they helped you confront your inner demons on more than one occasion. They taught you martial skills, but they also taught you how to search for and even find inner peace, balance, restraint, and most importantly, control. And even when they saw the worst in you come to light, they they didn't falter in their commitment to you. And that made your initial apprehension to commit to them melt away too. But all good things come to an end, don't they? 
Conway always used to say that when you die, you rejoice, and yet the world cries. And you've done your crying. For him, for your father, for yourself, perhaps enough for this lifetime. Your teachings helped guide you on how to process it all, but it didn't make it any easier in the end. Time is said to heal, but in your experience, time simply makes it easier to forget the extent to which you were hurt. And right now, that's, that's enough. How long has it been since you left the monastery? Uh, when Kira left what remains of the monastery, she was 20. Um, so she only spent like a very brief amount of time there, but it was the most like solid amount of time that she'd ever spent in a, in a single place. You know, the most consistent. Mm-hmm. She spent, you know, 10 years at, at home, but she was in her bed for, for 10 years. She didn't get to experience anything. She didn't get to get to do anything. Um, so these these seven years felt like, you know, 40 years for her, just in all, in all the things that she got to do and all the, the, you know, the new way of seeing the world. Now, now that Kira was on her own again, she went back to wandering around around the wilderness. Um, this time she stayed even farther from, from civilizations and from people in general. Um, she got close to the order and she didn't want that to happen again. So she lived an even more uh, hermit lifestyle 10 years later than she did before when she was 10. Yeah, it's just easier that way. And you're not sure where else to go now. There's nothing left tying you anywhere anymore. When you arrived at the monastery and were hesitant to overstay your welcome, something one of the monks said to you resonated, and and it stuck in the echo chambers of your mind. He said, wherever you have friends, wherever you receive love, that's your home. And that helped at the time. But now, I don't know. You have no home. You've been on the move for most of your life. Where are you going now? Kira's on her way to the Moonshays. Um, while she was still in the order, one of her fellow monks uh, told her about a guard captain, Anseal, in the town of, of Port Crescent. Um, said that uh, he was helping her with something in her life, and uh, maybe Anseal could help Kira out as well. So she's heading there to meet up with Anseal and see if he can maybe lend her some guidance or something to get her life back on track to a point where she can at least be around some people and not have to stick to the wilderness all the time. Cool. All right. Yeah, I think uh, I think we got it. This is good. This is why this group works so well. Right off the top of the dome, no pre-planning involved. Oh, no. No, absolutely no pre-planning. Perfect. Yeah, all right. I think we got everything uh, we need to know about this character so that we can drop her into the game. Cool. Let me go, cool. uh, let me go grab, uh, grab my dice. Uh, cool. I got to find them. Yeah, yeah, uh, cool, and cool. Then, I uh, actually I have a pizza coming like any minute now. Oh, so like, cool. All right. Um, I'm going to go make another character for, uh, for next week, um, and then I'll call you right back after that, and we can start playing. Sounds good. See you in a bit. Look, you already listened to five of these and a full episode. You know the deal. Get more of Casey and his new character, Kira, on Vibe Proficiency, a D&D podcast about death, reclaiming your life daily, and, Jesus, fantasy bear grills, I guess. I cannot with this. Uh, the next full episode is coming one week from today on Tuesday, July 27th. 
Until then. Good thing I made two characters. <laughs> <laughs> Dunk a Rooney. Now you're stranded in there, so have fun. We're gonna go off on an adventure now. <laughs> oh man, I haven't been recording for the last hour and a half. Son of a dingus. <laughs> I can't flute and walk at the same time. I might trip over something. <laughs> Is that how flutes work? Uh, fun fact: she has two left feet. Not literally. <laughs> okay. Can we give Chandler like six negative good deeds? <laughs> I'm blind, and I can tell what's going on in here. And since we said it, it's now canon. <laughs> I feel like Tommy when he stopped being the Green Ranger and then Zordon reintroduced him as the White Ranger. You know this is going in now that you've... Like... <laughs>